SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On SAFM. A luxury timepiece brand celebrates African cities and draws its features from the characteristics of those cities. The culture, architecture, soul and history of those cities are all on display on their timepieces. The name of this timepiece means, in the Pitsonga language, emphasis. It's Africa's time to share. We are, of course, talking to of and about Nkari Timepieces with the founder of Nkari Timepiece, Mr. Edmund Kozum. Good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, a beautiful evening to you, Songhez. Uh, thank you for having me on the show and thanks to the listeners and our customers who have tuned in across the country. And I should say that uh, I've been told that some of the interviews start a little bit late, but I'm very happy that we're starting this one on time. Who told you that? (laughs) People who lie of and about this wonderful host. You see, that's exactly why you should never believe everything you hear. No, but thanks so much for the for, for, for the invitation. Thank you so much. I think I know where that comes from. You mm. dead, and you are delivering, and you dead because there were brands like Taguwa, Rolex, Citizen, Breitling. You want your brand to be spoken of in at least similar terms, if not be in good time, the benchmark for those. Why not, African child? After all, it's Africa's time to Why share. Not? Share us, share with us, please, the journey of your brand for timepieces in Kari, which means time in Chitonga. In Tsonga. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, th- thanks so much for that. I mean, um, I mean, to start with, uh, I will start with the journey in terms of how did how did we end up with this beautiful brand uh, called Nkari Timepiece? I mean. My journey with watches really started from uh, a very young age. Um, I grew up in a whole in a household whereby there were watches everywhere. My dad is a watch repairer, so as a result of me growing up in in such a household, I mean there were watches everywhere. You can imagine stripped out watches, assembled watches, and if anything, watches were not foreign to me growing up. Uh, so, so my dad, as, a, as any proud father, would like their eldest son to to learn their trade. So he he attempted a few times, and I should say, as, as a young man, I wasn't so fond of watches. Uh, but fast forward to a point whereby I'm leaving home, I'm going to study my electrical engineering at VIT. and after I graduated, obviously, uh, we started and I started earning a bit. Uh, of which I could afford to buy my own watches. So the love for watches was reignited. And from there on, I also started fixing watches for friends and close family as as a hobby. So I was a watch repairer like my dad, surprising enough. So an apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, they say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, at, at that particular time, uh, Obviously, I was so in touch with the continent. I had started traveling here and there, uh, uh, installing solar systems. And it was a great time for me 
if anything, to try um, and, and go deeper and understand what, what my patients were. So I, I had decided at the time that I, I really want to, to create a brand, a timepiece brand, an African timepiece brand. But as you might know, starting a, such a company is very capital intensive. But because I had also started fixing watches for other people, I thought, okay, let me intensify on fixing watches because I could raise funds, which I could use to to actually start uh, this particular company. And and here yeah, I think from that point on, the rest I should say uh-huh. is, is history. Yeah. Before we talk about the rest of the history, let's talk about the real history. Your dad being a watch repairer, and I always say this: success is linked to exposure. It therefore became so much more accessible to you, this concept of watches and everything of and about watches, because you saw it from a young age, you saw it from a trusted source, and as a result, you built a relationship that you could trust and develop a passion of your own for it. Let's talk now about the skills transfer from your electrical engineering background going around Mm -hmm. the continent and the inspiration that you pick up along the way, both in terms of what you actually do by qualification and also that which is fed by your passion, stroke, hobby, or fixing watches along the side, which ultimately culminates in Kari timepieces. How are these things instrumental to you? I I, I think... I mean, even the way you introduced that point, um, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps because, um, you know, I happen to work on, on things that I'm passionate about. And um, after I started entering uh, the job market as an electrical engineer, I, I worked briefly in, in the solar space uh, for, for, for a company here in Johannesburg. And it was at that particular point that uh, me and my my partner, my business partner in the solar uh, business, uh, his name is Chivumo, he was my former classmate and a very close friend of mine, that we decided that, um, you know, uh, solar solutions were were a fantastic way, if anything, uh, to be used for meaningful contribution um, into people's lives. So... We always said that uh, the lack thereof electricity is the number one barrier to socioeconomic development. So we, we thought from our perspective that we could actually use solar uh, to ease up a bit of the burden on, 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 on the poor in, in the continent. And how we're doing that, obviously, with solar, it's very easy to set up and we're giving people hope. So that actually gave me an opportunity to start traveling quite quite a lot um, across the continent. And as I was traveling the continent, um, I, I, I always tell um, my my close friends today, always when I go to a different city, it feels different. Um, it's, it's almost like the city itself is alive. It has a soul and a heart of its own. And, and that feeling I never shook off. And you'd go to, a, to, to Dar es Salaam uh, in Tanzania and and somehow you can link it to another city that you have, you have visited in the in the continent, and that was so powerful. And it was at that point that I I actually vowed to say, you know, one day I'll try take that particular feeling, that characteristic of of a city, and try put it on the product. And and I was very fortunate because that product became um, became became a watch um, in in this case, uh, or should I say, timepiece. Um, yeah. 
as we call it, yes. And, 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 and that's how we have transferred or that's how we are naming our products, if anything. Of course, in the times of COVID, many would have been inspired to make good on all of those ideas that for the longest time had been left to the back burners or had been festering, but for whatever reason, one hadn't given oneself time to go at it. Now that COVID has happened and we are emerging, albeit very slowly, from a hard lockdown of some 40 days, South Africans have been hard at it in innovation. The question is, what is it that you are doing with your time, with your skills, in converting a passion into something that could be for you real money? Well, we have one on the line, Edmund Koza, who's giving us his account of founding a timepiece brand in Kari, which means time in one of the official languages in the country, Tonga, it's time for Africa to shine is his payoff line. After the break, we get to engage him in the decision for him to hashtag fix 2000 watches, which in many respects then would have been good money and profit to capitalize the starting of the business. After the break, then, ladies and gentlemen, you two are encouraged to share your stories of entrepreneurship and more importantly, the pitfalls and dangers that the vision didn't quite contemplate. But ultimately, you stand to give us the tale and account of your version of making sure it is indeed Africa's time after the break. And Kari's Mr. Edmund Koza continues to share his journey with a luxury timepiece. SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songe Zomapete on SAFM. His dad was a repairer. In time, he became his dad in that he was repairing watches, of course. And as I have said, success is indeed linked to exposure. An electric engineer by profession who has traveled the continent, he was inspired to found his own African luxury timepiece brand because in the course of his fixing some 2,000 watches to start his business, he found a gaping hole. Not one of those 2,000 watches and some were inspired in any way by African anything. In 2017, he did this. Tell us more. 2017, fixed 2,000 watches. Edmund. Sure. Yeah. So, so uh, I, th- I think that the story from that point, if anything, it, it was actually getting close to us completely validating uh, the need that we thought was there. We, we, we obviously thought there was a need for, for an African timepiece brand, uh, but, but we didn't think the need was that strong. We always thought that someone doing it probably would go in and try to do it better. But, um, yeah, I started fixing watches uh, as a hobby, and now I realize, okay, if I'm to start a watch brand, I need money. Um, so to to actually raise funding, um, I started fixing watches on, on social media. So I ran a hashtag, fix 2,000 watches, uh, for friends and, and people who were following me at the time on, 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 on social media. Um, and it wasn't easy. I mean, fixing watches uh, when you're not a qualified watch repairer, you can imagine. Uh, there are some that you're very comfortable fixing, <laughs> and there are others which uh, yeah, you really have to kind of set a very small prayer before you, you start interacting with them because of their price tag. Mm-hmm. But I should say that that was the biggest eye-opener of them all, to say, look, I've fixed 2,000 watches, and none of them is 
is, is an African brand, besides it being an African timepiece uh, designed and, and, and actually uh, created here at home. So so yeah, I think I think that, that that was a point which which actually made us go for it without looking backwards to say there is a need for this. Let's talk about the real aspects of business, sharing your ideas, partnering with other financiers or developing skills within Cardi because I mean you cannot found a company and run it. One especially as intense as fixing watches to manufacturing the watches to the sales to the marketing to the entire value chain of kickstarting a business. You obviously needed other people to buy into your concept or you needed to trust people with your concept. The journey of that. Sure. I, I, I think the first thing that that is that is important, especially going into business. First thing is, is starting, uh, starting one way or the other. If if you want to go into into watches, you have to find out what it is that you're strong at at that particular moment in time and starting. And from there on, you work day and night, uh, and you working that hard obviously starts attracting other people to what you're trying to do because you have started, you have momentum. And if anything, in, in my case, I think my engineering training has helped in the technical side of things because I could design the watches. I could sit down and design them to scale. And by the time I was going out trying to find other people who could help with other parts, the whole design of, of the watch was complete. And I had fixed watches uh, somewhat uh, using social media, which is a very powerful uh, platform. And and by that time, I had a little bit of money. So I was not going out empty-handed with just an idea in my head. So so that actually helped uh, quite a lot, if anything, when, when I was presenting the idea to, to other people. I mean, I met a gentleman called uh, Jeffrey Maranella, was very instrumental, um, you know, when I was starting the business because if, if anything, I traveled with him uh, to go see some of the manufacturers of the parts that we use and we traveled uh, a few countries. And by the time we came back, uh, because of his patience as well as we were traveling, I mean, he, he didn't get irritated as I was acting like a kid in a candy store always when he visited those factories. Uh, we were able to to actually get our first first hundred watches uh, made. Uh, that is, we got components and we brought them home, and I assembled and made sure that they were well packaged and well tested and high quality. And then it was from that point that we we started selling ourselves, obviously, because we we had to prove and learn what it is that people were gravitating towards, what do they like about our product, but we knew the product inside out. So the story and us communicating the brand was very easy uh, to to tell our customers. Social media was very instrumental, I should say. We have been an online platform for quite some time, and we thank our, um, our customers who, without even touching or seeing the product, they have trusted in the brand and they've continued to support us. Even during COVID, when things were uncertain, we had quite a lot of customers who continued to to support us. And I should say the outlook of the business has changed quite a lot to this point. We have people who are helping with the social media directly. We have people who 
who helped with the designs um, and so on and so forth. So, 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 so that the main point that I can say is that starting is important, but also as you move, building a team became extremely important um, in, in us launching and carrying on uh, in this particular business. Follow your passion. Start. Build a team. And say thank you to your supporters. Talk to us then about time to give your CSI work in relation to all of this. Sure. So I, I think my, the, the most important thing uh, when it came to the time to give initiative was based on the mistakes that personally I've made as, as an entrepreneur. I mean, I started my journey in entrepreneurship long time ago. I owned a touch shop at Wits University, <laughs> and uh, I, I've sold Ottomans. And, 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 and throughout that journey, most of the things that I was doing was trial and error. And, and, and most businesses are that. And when I was thinking about the time to give was to say, let's not have too much trial and error uh, because the information is there. Other people have been there and they've found a way to go about it. And if anything, most of the time, people lack a little bit of funding to fund their next step in business, which could help them, if anything, to accelerate their efforts. So the next step could be your next website uh, or upgrading it, or it could be you uh, developing a prototype, or or, or, or or it could be you trying to use social media to your, to your advantage and, and getting consultants to help you with that, or easily just getting a mentor uh, in the industry that you, you're actually working in. So I've worked with two very special organizations uh, who have helped me personally as, as an entrepreneur coming up. Uh, the first one is Whipsy, which is Wouldn't It Be Cool, a great name that is. And uh, the second one is called the Trevor Huddleston uh, Memorial Center. And these two organizations, uh, if anything, I work hand-in-hand with them. They specialize in entrepreneurship. And all we do is we donate proceeds uh, from our watch sales. So we take a percent or so and and donate it to to those uh, particular organizations. But moreover, we also donate our time in terms of people spending a little bit time with us uh, as mentors. Uh, I should say to this day, personally, I have mentored over 200 entrepreneurs um, in, in different kind of spaces, but especially the green space, uh, which is a business that that, that I founded, uh, La Mostola. You mentioned time quite a lot. So let, let's talk about the fact that before I ask a question about Sonia Sadiva, there's a beautiful yeah. picture of you and this lovely lady who once graced our screens five times a week on Generations. <laughs> Our artisan skills in the country, you could obviously have a thing to say about that because one doesn't get the impression South Africa is leveraging just the amount of skill and young people around out there and how all of that, literally with time, can be something that can be real capital for the country. Your thoughts on skills development at large in South Africa now that you know the best of corporate as a skilled engineer, but essentially following your passion in repairing and making watches? Sure. I, I, I think what 
uh, has been the experience for me. Uh, as, especially, I mean, the, the watch company is still very young, but I see myself as that artisan in, in the watch space. But using the experience as well that I've, I've actually um, I've had with our solar companies that most uh, most people don't take time. That is, they don't enjoy each and every stage that you're in uh, in order for you to get better. Um, and the patient side, usually they put it on young people, saying young people are not uh, patient. But it also goes to businesses because sometimes businesses are not patient enough to give the young people time for them to learn and perfect their skills. So that's why the internship, usually an internship is a year. And at the end of that particular year, probably the young girl or the young boy is not ready, uh, but they must have gained something to that point. So I always say that perfectionism comes with time. Uh, I'm a time man, so I refer to time quite a lot. And I do believe that South Africans are very very good uh, in terms of learning. Uh, They're very intentional. And we are actually living in a generation whereby people are taking uh, it upon themselves to to make it work. The amount of work being done by young entrepreneurs, the amount of work being done by teams and groups in townships and in rural areas is amazing. Uh, So when it comes to to skills development, I still do believe that a transfer of skill is necessary, but patients must be exercise both from the ones who are actually uh, acquiring the skills, who are the beneficiaries, and also on the company side who seek those skills for the companies to actually grow and be sustainable. A wonderful story. It has been a final word to your supporters, a final word to those who may be inspired, and just a final comment of and about Nkari Watches. Well, thanks for that. So, I mean, to to our supporters, firstly, we would like to thank you for uh, the support. You've you've been very loyal. You have helped us to this particular point uh, to get the reach. And I should say that Nkari has has a a future, and our future and how we see it is the watches, all components uh, being actually manufactured. Uh, here in the in the in the continent, uh, we are a very rich continent in terms of minerals, and would like to see all components being uh, manufactured here. And yeah, I should say that if you are interested in more of our story, you can visit our website, which is www.nkari, which is n k a r h i dot Africa. And thanks Excellent. very much to, to you, Songezo, for, for the invite. And I thank our listeners and our customers uh, who are tuned in from across the country. Thank you for honoring our time. And if there's one thing I did not honor was the integrity of your name for the longest time. And I a thousand apologize for that. I've been referring to yes. you as Edmund and your name is Almond. Um, I, I was going to tell you just now at the end, actually. I uh, beg your pardon. Yeah. I'm so sorry for that. I really am. <laughs> no, it's... It's not a problem. That's I would say I owe you a watch, but in that sense, I'll have to buy it, right? Which is the <laughs> apology enough. Brother, thank you so much for your time. Carry time pieces. Yes, thanks so much. Founder, Mr. Elmond Koza, thank you so much for your time. Wonderful story that was. 2134. Wonderful show that too was. Bye-bye.